I'm Kirsten Galloway. Welcome to the Actually I Can podcast. This is a podcast for when you want to be encouraged by hearing someone share a struggle they got through or a goal that they accomplished. And in the process, discover that actually I can. These are conversations with friends that they're just ordinary people, but they're living extraordinary lives. You are listening to episode number 10 with Pamela Stroman. I think the timing of this episode is spot on. You see, it's Christmas Eve today, a really special time of year. In fact, the Bethlehem star appeared just this week after hundreds of years. Last night, we had a major snow blizzard in Minnesota. And the joy of Jesus' birth is especially hopeful during the time of a pandemic. So while Christmas is truly magical, it's also a very difficult time of year for those of us who are going through the loss of a loved one. My friend Pamela is only two and a half years past the death of her beloved husband, Peter, and she and her family are navigating their third Christmas without him. In our conversation, we talk about this and lots of other things. And in our time together, we really just scratch the surface of how Pamela has discovered that actually I can survive the death of her beloved spouse and yet have a beautiful life even after a tragic loss. Please listen. Okay. Hi, Pamela. Hello. Thanks for having me over today. Yeah. Um, and welcome to the Actually I Can podcast. Which is a brilliant title. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. Um, no one probably knows this, but it actually came from a mug from Target, which I brought Pamela. It says, Actually I Can. Yes. Um, and it's just so true. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Pamela's got a really hard story, but a really beautiful story, too. There's beauty in it. Um, beauty in the ashes, I guess, is mm-hmm. what they say. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that today. Um, I'm over at her house on a beautiful December day, which is crazy, because usually <laughs> it's icy cold here in Minnesota. And her home is just really warm and comforting and very... Um, I see how people would come over and just relax and rest mm-hmm. Yeah, so yep. I yep. love it. And it's on a lake. So mm-hmm. it's especially beautiful. Is it frozen? I didn't notice. It is. It's got some ice out there. Do you ice fish? We don't ice fish, but we would ice skate and we snowmobile across it and hike and walk oh, and yeah. just enjoy looking at it. It's like your own little play. Um, it's I like guess, a little park. park. Uh huh. Yeah. Sure. It's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Well, tell, um, why don't we start just by you kind of going back over the last two and a half years, mm-hmm. maybe a little longer, just sort of sure. set the stage on sure. your family. Your children, your husband. Sure, yeah. Uh, tell a little bit about that. A little bit about who Pamela Joy yes. is. That's my middle name. Pamela Joy, Joy Stroman. Yes. That's beautiful. What's your yeah. maiden name? Larson. Oh, yep. Larson. Minnesota girl. Yes, I was a Larson until I met Peter Stroman uh, the summer of 1994. Mm. Met the end of June. And two months later, he proposed. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and six months after that, we were married. Oh, so I, I became love a Stroman it. after knowing Peter for only eight months. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. 1994, February. So we had a very full marriage, mm. and I say had because Peter passed away right after he turned 50 years old. Mm. Yeah. And that was just shy of our 25th year wedding anniversary. Oh. Yeah. Very unexpected. Had no idea. He was not ill. Um, so 
I would I wouldn't say that we weren't prepared for it because the Lord prepared us in so many ways. Really, but we just didn't know that He was going to be um, on a bike ride yeah. up in Colorado, yeah. biking through the mountains to celebrate His fiftieth. He was on a race called the Triple Bypass because wow. that route goes through three different bypasses in the mountain range okay. out in Colorado. And he was a biker, so this wasn't like totally new for him. Well, or... it was new in that. For his 50th, you know, a year prior, he was like, that summer, I'm going to do this triple bypass race. So he trained for it. Okay. And with a couple other friends, Hmm. um, one of them was Dirk Dreyer. So Dirk and Pete flew out there on July 10th, Mm -hmm. 2010. Mm. And no, yeah, 2018. I'm sorry. 2018, yeah. Yes, I'm getting all my dates. July 10th, 2018. There you go, yeah. And... Peter was a pilot, so the two of them flew oh, right. out there in I Pete's plane. Yep. And we've got wonderful pictures because Dirk was so excited to be able to fly uh, a personal aircraft with Pete, flying it from Minnesota to Colorado. So they were so excited, and we were happy for them to be able to do this. And it's a, a very vigorous, intense ride. So they went out a few days before the bike ride so they could acclimate. Sure, because of the altitude. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. They wanted to acclimate and just spend some time there and do a few rides. And Peter was out there two weeks prior because he um, is new to doing bike races like this. Mm-hmm. Or it's not even a race. It's you know, like a marathon. Just sure. get from beginning to end. And so he just flew out there because, first of all, to, you know, check out the airport and all that. And then there was a biker meeting. And so he went to the meeting and then he rode um, on some of the route, not Mm -hmm. the whole route, of Mm -hmm. course, because that's many, many, many hours. But he rode for a few hours, came home and said, yeah, this is going to be hard. (laughs) It's it's like moving my feet, but the bike isn't moving because you're going uphill. I can't even imagine in Colorado, like you're biking over mountains yeah yeah versus minnesota we don't really have a lot of hills and and he loves we all we love nature we love to just look at the sun and the sky and trees and prairie and everything so even on that trip he sent Mm. me a few pictures and like you know here i am here and just Mm. mile marker and just kind of narrating his way through came home and then they went back the uh, both pete and dirk two weeks later okay so they flew out there july 10th and rented a minivan to put their bikes into it because they flew with their bikes out there and I packed him his bag so he could put on his biker clothes because they were going to go on a little ride right when they arrived and so they stopped and I think they had a a little lunch and then um, he uh, sent me some pictures you know as they're getting on their bikes to go okay and um, this was that day day, that day Yep, the day they arrived, they're starting the route, and they were on the exact same route Pete had done just two weeks earlier. And they were just a couple hours into it, and Dirk told me that um, they had stopped briefly because um, Pete was winded and, you know, just like, okay, Dirk, we only have one more mile to go. We're going to uh, reach a park, okay. and then we'll turn around, and then we'll start going downhill. So just one more mile to go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so then they like start pedaling again. And right after that, he had his heart attack. And so just with the one mile to go. Well, yes. And then I mean, they'll go they had been biking yeah. for a couple hours. And so, and so he had a heart attack. Yep. And there was another, there were lots of bikers out there because I suppose they were preparing for the triple bypass. So Dirk was first in line. Pete was behind him. And then there was a female biker who they were all kind of like passing like back and forth and yeah. And so the woman saw Peter go down 
and Dirk heard a noise and turned around. And oh, um, how horrifying! So other people like call nine one one. I guess you know helicopter came and all the emergency vehicles. They worked on him for a couple hours. Really, but it was sudden. He instantly had died, which I'm thankful for that mm. he didn't suffer. Yeah, and um. So back here in Minnesota, I was preparing to leave the next day to go out to Virginia to spend a week with my daughter mm, out in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And just preparing to leave. And then I was leaving to go to um, a meeting at 5 o'clock. I had a meeting that um, late afternoon. And so while I was en route in my car, I got the phone call. Okay. Yeah, Dirk had to call me, and that was really hard for him. And so that's how I found out that Aww. Pete had a heart attack and didn't survive the bike ride. Yeah. So sorry. Yeah. What was your first thought? Um, so here's... Did you believe him? I mean, I think yeah. my mind would be like, mm-hmm. what? what are you saying? Like, this yeah. can't be true. Um, well, a lot of what I've learned is how the mind works okay. throughout yeah, this whole tell process me about that. in the yeah. body. Um, the brain is a magnificent organ and it does everything it can to help me survive oh it helps you survive yeah and um so when i'm driving the my phone was in my my cup holder yeah and the phone rings and i you know look down and i see the caller id and i see that it is dirk dreyer's name Mm. so i immediately told myself i had better hear pete's voice on the other side which I think oh. I knew. Because you, why up. would Dirk be calling? Why you? would Dirk be calling me? I just talked, you know, sent the picture to Pete a couple hours ago. They're biking. And maybe you're thinking he fell or so broke his I, leg or something. I had thought he fell down the mountain. <gasps> Peter, you fell <laughs> down the mountain. Um, but I knew, like, oh, why is Dirk calling me? And so I touched the answer button, and I could hear Dirk's voice right away that something terrible had happened. And he said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Pam. Oh. Pete had a heart attack and he didn't survive. Oh, oh my God. And I, um, I could physically feel the presence of that knowledge in my brain. Mm-hmm. And it's like it just went back to the back of the cardstock. Like it just went to the back of my brain. Like I literally saw it and felt it move hmm. from hearing it from the knowledge to like nope i can't deal with that right now wow like i just literally like nope not now okay and so then i okay dirk are you alone are you okay oh and I, went I right guess that's to, a really good question yeah <laughs> it's like sorry you know, i was like so, okay well, how are you dirk because i was just like that makes no sense that this this makes oh, no sense uh-huh. so again that's my brain protecting me okay that was just too much information to process yeah so suddenly, I mean, yes, mm-hmm. really out of nowhere, out of nowhere. Yeah, of course, of course, out of nowhere. And um, so, yeah, you ask, well, what was my first thought? It was, you know, this is just how I processed it in that 30 seconds. And then he's like, no, I'm not alone, Pam. You know, there's a helicopter here. They've stopped the road for a couple hours. All the, you know, emergency personnel are here and and it's it's they're done. So it was now. over. Yeah, it's done now. And, um, and I said, oh, he said, he'll stay with Pete. He's going to stay with Pete for as long as we need. And as long as, you know, he's not going to leave Pete's side. Mm, I love They're that. waiting for the coroner. Oh, Dirk was awesome. Mm-hmm. Is awesome. 
So, you know, I'm so thankful yeah. that his friend mm -hmm. was there with them. Yes, because it could have happened two weeks earlier when, when he was, was by himself. When he was by himself. Yeah. No, there were so many things that we were thankful for. Um, those first, well, today we are too, but those first few weeks, like yeah. if we could have been recorded, if your podcast mic had been on me, you would have heard hundreds of grateful statements. Really? We making, really? Yeah, the kids and I. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And tell the listeners that you, you have three kids. Yes. So at the time, Ian was 22, Sarah mm -hmm. was 21, and TJ was 16. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Ian had just graduated from college, Liberty University, mm -hmm. and had moved back to the cities, um, had, you know, was in a house with a group of guys. So this was July, and he had moved home June 1st. And then um, Sarah was a student still out at Liberty University. And she was interning. She was in the School of Aviation, so she was. Oh, doing that's some, right, because she's a pilot too. Mm -hmm, yeah, some aviation uh, internship. So she wasn't coming home over the summer. That's why I was going out to see her. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. There's a picture of her and Peter that I think she has posted, mm -hmm. uh, or you have. I don't know, but it's just such a in, in a cockpit of an yes. airplane, right? Yes, yeah, yes. yes. That beautiful. was really nice that they have that experience together. Uh -huh. Yeah. And then TJ was in high school. Obviously. In high school, yeah. So he was here at home. Yeah. yeah. So what did you do next? Well, then, okay, Dirk and I, so I asked Dirk, does, does his wife, Karen, who is my really good friend and in my small group at church, uh -huh. so does Karen know? And he said, yes, I called her first. I said, okay, have her call the girls. So uh, basically, like, rally, rally the troops. Yeah. And then we hung up. And Girls um, meaning, like, my, my small group. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, your small group. Got yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord for small groups. Yeah. <laughs> we have an amazing community mm. around us that oh, has that's just good. been um that's an good. answer to just so many prayers that we didn't know that we needed right the holy mm. spirit was praying on our behalf so yeah the next thing i did i, I pulled into a, a parking lot and i just started thinking okay i need to take care of my kids so i started processing right because you were going to a meeting yeah so you were in the car when you got mm -hmm. this call mm -hmm. yes yeah, so you pull over and you, yeah okay. yeah and i like i got a take care of my kids. Who can be there for Ian? Who can be there for Sarah? Who ah. can be there for TJ? But actually, Kristen, the first thing I did after I hung up and I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, I got to tell them I'm not coming to the meeting. Oh, <laughs> because isn't that what you do? <laughs> like, again, it's crazy to an outsider. It's crazy to me. Like when I look upon myself, because it was an out-of-body experience. Mm. So I, I call my friend at Southwest Christian High School, who mm -hmm. I'm having this meeting with, and tell her, I said, I'm so sorry, I, I'm not going to make it. Um, Peter just died, oh. and I know this is really strange, but I have to go. And I was just very, like, matter of fact. Were you, really? Like, I'm just sharing yes. the news, because I hadn't cried yet. I hadn't, I couldn't feel stuff. Was that kind of a shock? Like, a, I mean, obviously it was a shock to get that call. 100% But, like, shock. were you in shock? This okay. is how it plays out. Okay. So, when you are coming across, uh, your audience coming mm -hmm. across people who you think, oh, this is so weird. Why are they behaving this way? It's so out of character. Okay. It's the brain protecting your friend. What it a good thing brain. to know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad you shared that because yeah. I wouldn't know that. It's yeah. like what you were talking about earlier. I said, what do you know about God mm -hmm. through this experience that mm -hmm. someone else wouldn't? And what do you know about how yeah. God works and the Holy Spirit works in us? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the way he created us is a miracle. <sighs> and I know that the Holy Spirit who dwells within me was sustaining me in those moments because 
without that, I mean, <laughs> with that full knowledge, I would have had the heart attack and died. Like, it's just oh, too much information, yeah. right? Uh-huh. So. Oh, that makes sense. And my friend, when she, you know, afterwards, many people like, oh, Pam, you know, and if they finally can talk to me a couple of years later about how I was those first few days, weeks, months, they're like, it was really extraordinary because it just, they, they couldn't put the two together. Like you just had this sudden painful loss, but you were behaving in this way. Like it didn't resonate. They couldn't reconcile the two. Like you were like logical yes. and like, here's what this yes. is. I'm taking care of my kids yep. and I'm going to, yeah, you went into this that call mode. and, and mm-hmm. do this, call this person. Mm. I, I had a task list mm. and I remember as I'm calling Pete's parents, my parents, my siblings, his siblings, hadn't told my kids yet. I'm in now parked in my garage because I'd come home and I just remember like, this is so weird. Mm. Like I'm saying these words and it just doesn't make sense. It comes to my reality. I'm, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm saying these words and yeah, yeah, I, I can even just feel it now. Like it was just so, um, it was, it was extraordinary actually because anything other than that would be too ordinary and it was not ordinary. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that's what I did. I, uh-huh. I just then started calling friends to come and that night, July 10th, there were many, many, many people at our home and um, loved that. Our kids did too. and That helped you? Um, that just came to even be with each other. So did they ask you, can I come over? No. Did you give mm-hmm. them permission? No. Okay, so like as somebody who's really dear friend yes. has something like this happen, yeah. you would say, go. Go. Be present. Go, yep. So what happened was... Um, I, so I called this, I called my friend at school and then there were other staff who were in that meeting, mm. you know, right. Cause the meeting is starting. So then one of, we're all friends there. So yeah. one of them came right over to my house. Mm. So when I was in my garage, she pulls up and she just parked at the end of the driveway. She could see I was on the phone and I just held my hand up so she could, I acknowledged that she was there and she just stayed there. And, um, cause I didn't, TJ was in the house. I didn't want him to see me yet. Cause I just, mm. I needed Ian to come home he was at work and just I just had to do some things first right I was a task oriented before I went in and talked to TJ so I did tell my friend Leslie who was there in my driveway and I said there's going to be an army of friends coming over Mm. so thanked her for being there and uh, Mm. okay but I know my people (sighs) yep I know my people and I knew they're all going to be coming. And I told Leslie, like, let them come. Just don't come into the house yet until you can see that I've talked to my, my kids. Yeah. I need, I need to be with my children first. So just leave them out here and then they can come. What a cool thing that you knew. Yeah. Yeah. You knew the love that was about to ascend upon you. Yep. 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 There was, there was. And so that was so nice that she was there. Um, so I would say when you ask the question, if Kristen, you lose, if your dearest friend loses her spouse yeah. or vice versa, um, go, just go, don't call because I couldn't answer the phone. I couldn't make decisions. I, I, I could not rationally think. So you just go and bring some <laughs> paper towels, bring Kleenexes, bring food, um, 
cleaning supplies and then you just start seeing what needs to be done mm-hmm. if anything maybe nothing needs to be done but it's just to sit maybe in the neighboring room just to be available okay because for me to just see people I don't know I'm, I know I talk to people on it long but I don't remember who what you yeah. know all those details I just remember like oh I'm so glad all of our friends are here yeah and family you felt really supported mm-hmm. by yeah. that mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. And I remember Ian saying that he was blown away, too, that, wow, Mom, Dad, you guys invested in relationships so well, and Mm. look at the fruit of that. Oh, wow. So I loved having my 22-year-old son to see that. Right. Um, Was there anything to people that you're like, why did you, like, don't do that? Or you'd Um, say to somebody, mm -hmm. whatever you do, don't do this. Yeah. Or not really. Um, so I not without hear, calling out anybody. Right, but, right. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Get the pen and paper out. There was very little of that uh-huh. in my experience. Um, but I hear from uh, many other people who have lost. I've been with many other widows. Mm-hmm. And they are able to list a lot of painful, hurtful things that were said or done. I don't have a very long list. Mm-hmm. A couple things. Yeah. But... A lot of those things, when somebody might say something that would have hurt somebody else, I just chalked it up to, they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they just simply don't know. I've never been on the other side of that fence either. And, and I just was like, wow, I was not very supportive when I could have been. Now I know, right? So I just had that response in my heart. It was just like, yeah, they're doing what they can. They're oh, doing I love the best that. That's can. so full of grace. That's the Holy Spirit. That's yeah, that's is. just how it worked. What is the one thing that you would say? Do say this. Because yes. people just often yes. feel lost for words like yes. There's nothing mm-hmm. else. Just make sure to show yep. up and say mm-hmm. I love you or I don't mm-hmm. know what would it be. Um, this must be really hard. Okay. Um, you know, many people said, "Well, how are you today?" That seems to be like a, a known lesson that people are learning instead of the blanket. How are you? Yeah. It's well, how are you today? So even okay. that just breaks it down a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. And it did make me stop and like literally evaluate how am I today? Mm-hmm. But an even easier question is, um, cause it's much more tangible and maybe that's just cause I'm a learner and I operate that way is yeah. what is this like for you? Oh, okay. And it, it's not as open-ended uh-huh. because when somebody asks you, how are you? I mean, like, obviously I'm terrible. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but thanks for asking. <laughs> I'm miserable, but I don't know how to articulate that without making you feel bad. And, you know, it just is, it's, it's, yeah, there's no good answer I take to that it question. on as my responsibility to not make you sad. So, oh. but the question mm-hmm. of like, well, what is that like for you? Mm-hmm. That's, that is um, easier to answer. Mm-hmm. And it actually shows that, oh, you're really interested. You actually do want to know. Mm-hmm. You do want to hear. You mm-hmm. maybe want to understand. And that's more empathetic. Christmas is around the corner here, mm-hmm. and what's that like? Mm-hmm. Well, that's see, that's just a real way, way to go. Oh, you're just oh. learning. What a good learner you are! Thanks yeah, for the lesson. What, you yeah. are a good life coach. We'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah. very good. What is it like now that this will be my third Christmas? Yes, without Peter, and very different than the first two Christmases. How come? Um, I think. Time and, mm. the, and what I've done with my time. Mm. So I would say the first two Thanksgiving, Christmas, no, first two seasons, first two years, it wasn't normal yet. And mm. we were, 
Oh, yeah, it's new, so new, different, mm -hmm. yeah. Yep, and our patterns, and one of the things that I've intentionally done is to integrate his loss into our daily living. And so oh. we would come up with, okay, our pattern is this. We don't, and we always left it very flexible and organic, and we asked you know, each other permission, and we always gave permission to change our minds when we had plans. And I'm talking about the kids and I. This is before or no, this after? is after. after. This is okay. after Pete died. Mm -hmm. And... But if our tradition was to, um, we, we always take a trip after Christmas down to Florida between Christmas and New Year's. Okay, let's integrate his loss into that. So we're still going to do that. That is our pattern. Mm -hmm. And now instead of Peter flying, okay, we're going to fly commercially. And so we just still, it's about oh yeah incorporating some of our daily living mm -hmm. and, um, we would talk about Peter then. Oh, this is how this is where we would have landed, and this is mm -hmm. how we would have refueled. Or, oh, Dad loved it when we had a, a seafood, you know, out on the beach. Oh. Or and so we would just talk about those things, and then we would still do it. Yeah. And if it didn't feel good, or if it stung, sometimes the sting was okay, and we would do it anyways. Yeah. Or sometimes we'd change our mind. But it's just about incorporating things into our daily life and in a flexible way. Yes. And I would say now, two and a half years later, why was Christmas easier? I think because like the first year, I did not decorate. Just mm. didn't want to. Did you want someone to do it for you or you just nope, didn't even I just, want it? It was six months out. Just my brain was so overloaded. We were just tired. Just didn't feel right. But I enjoyed seeing a Christmas tree lit at a friend's house. Oh, like I enjoyed okay, that. Okay. But just at home, just no. Mm -hmm. It wasn't right yet and then the second year last year the boys pulled out my christmas bins but then i never took the lids off I'm like, oh, okay really? that was one more step okay a little closer yeah and that felt okay <laughs> yeah okay uh, everything that we do is okay like yeah. that's the whole point is when we're grieving we can do whatever we want <laughs> and so we have permission okay, that's, to a, do that's that. a key takeaway yeah whatever we want yes <laughs> yes and i tried it right uh -huh. and like oh nope and it's probably because my schedule was really busy because we were learning how to do a new thing. Not only did I still have to do what I did, but I had to learn how to do everything that Pete did too and do it with what I call a broken brain. It's because I was just really, really not not feeling well. Yeah. And so... A broken brain. <laughs> okay, that's an interesting concept. So it's tough to learn a new thing. And so... Yeah, but now this year I noticed at Thanksgiving, wow, like I just feel better and huh. and we're learning to have our own voice without Peter here. I would say that I've intentionally engaged in some things where I had to make choices and just practice like, okay, I'm making a choice now for me and for my kids and for mm -hmm. um, independent of what Pete would do. Mm -hmm. It was quite a while quite a long time where I would make decisions well this is what Pete would do. Oh do. interesting. And that was important because it was still like I, st I still felt married to him. Yeah. Um, I was just a bereaved wife. Uh-huh. But I uh -huh. still felt like I'm his wife. Yes. So to have all that shut off like that would hurt me even more. Yeah. So I would say that it's just now more recently huh. that oh look at this. My knee-jerk response was not to like think, well, this is how Pete would have done it. Or I'm actually even feeling less of his wife recently, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which 
I'm okay. That's okay. Like, right. Yeah. That mm-hmm. it's bound to happen. Yes. And this is just the process. And your time it's... is, your timing is your timing. You right. can't really compare mm-hmm. that with someone else's timing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. No, no. Although I would, um, the, one of the most helpful things for me was to meet with other women who have lost their husbands. Yeah. When we were talking before mm-hmm. the conversation was recorded, you use the word widow mm-hmm. and I sort of caught my breath. Yeah. Because I you know, hear you this you know, young, beautiful, <laughs> vibrant person, mm-hmm. which is not the first idea that comes to me when I hear the word widow. Yeah. And, and it's a label that is, oh, it's yeah. like, it's a big one, right? Yes. Would yeah. you say? Mm-hmm. Yes. How do you feel about that? Well, I have made it okay. Okay. Because um, I'm also want to walk alongside other women. Yeah. And so okay. I make it okay. It's, it's what oh, I think yeah. about it is going to reflect into other things. So if I think mm, about it mm-hmm. as a one of despair, dark, hopeless, well, then that will be the result. <laughs> I love this. I love this attitude of, of that. Mm, the thought yeah. behind that. That's yeah. really... Now, I can say that today because it's been two and a half years. Yeah. The first many weeks, months... Oof, that was a tough one, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I had to even reconcile the, like, how could this have happened to us, mm. right? Of course. Why to us? Of course. But then I settled that with the Lord, like, okay, why not us? You know, you prepared us for this. Mm. And mm-hmm. lucky Pete, he gets to see Jesus face mm. to face. Mm-hmm. Um, He'd be mm-hmm. so proud of you, I think. <laughs> yeah, so... I don't know, Kristen. There's just so many thoughts going through my head. I'm I know, track right? Too. Yeah. So, um, we could probably talk for hours. <laughs> maybe we'll have, if people have questions, I, I hope that they will submit them to me and maybe we could have a follow-up yes, conversation yes. because mm-hmm. there's so many things about, you know, each of your kids processing things differently. Yes. And how did you, I mean, maybe you could talk about that just a little bit. Like how, how would you say to someone like to, um, each, each person grieves differently. And how do you manage that? And mm-hmm. then I want to talk about your life coaching. So, mm-hmm. me. Well, no. okay. So about the kids, um, I would say because they were young adults and they're just learning their independence too. They were 22, 21, 16. I had a little family gathering with them um, when Sarah came home at Christmas time. So it had been six months since Pete had died. And I'm just going to quickly go through some questions on a list that I'd come together. Oh, when great. We a family meeting. Yeah. And it was to Do you de- think, well, define... if you want to share these two later, we could. That'd be so great. Yeah. Okay, good. We okay, go ahead. That. I want to hear these. Well, to define family. Um, what are the character traits of our family? What are our values? Oh, wow. What are our gifts, our strengths, and talents, both individually and as a family unit? How do we relate to each other? How do we do that now with dad, you know, mm-hmm. up in heaven? Um do you think you belong to this family? Mm. And those are really important questions because our structure changed. So I know that potentially if dad's not here now, do they not have a sense of belonging? So I needed to, we needed to inquire about that and address it. If that was a feeling that they were experiencing, do you feel trusted? Do you trust us, others in the family? What is your role? Is it different now? Um, how do you want to relate to each other? Um, you know, those are the kind of conversations that we had. Wow. As was that like a one-time deal or did you kind of keep it going? That was a one-time like conversation. Like, we're going to go there together right now. Okay. And um, I would say that not everybody <laughs> at the table appreciated it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they didn't have to answer. and, and But to hear others. It was important for the oh. other sibling to be heard. Right? Yeah. So 
that's just way to do a lot of new stuff like that. Um, so like fast forward to Pamela Life Coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how do you tell me about that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I would say I, I went through um, lots of grief counseling. Um, so you would recommend that for people, right? Um, we as a family went to a grief counselor the first month. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very intentional. Mm-hmm. And um, and then individually as they as they felt they needed. And I individually went for a few months to a grief counselor. And then she recommended I see another counselor who could do something called EMDR. Oh. And when you say military, that's what I thought too. Like oh. it's for PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. And that's for people who've been in the military. Yeah. And so when my counselor suggested I do that based on some of the things that I was... Um, experiencing uh so then I went to the other one who did the EMDR and she said um oh yes you belong here mm-hmm. this is trauma and we can help you and it was mm. it was almost immediate really yes for me what it was um I had a hard time looking at my cell phone so when somebody would call and just even any caller ID oh, the phone wow. ringing it would just be a very it would stop me in my tracks so it was interrupting my life um, because of how my brain protected me, if I was home and got that phone call, I probably would have screamed and bashed against the walls. I would have been able to express the pain, but I was driving and I needed to like, make sure I was safe and others were safe. So remember how I said that I just pushed that all to the back of my brain. Mm-hmm. So, um, I probably repressed some oh, of sure. those emotions. Yeah. So EMDR helped me process those. So it wasn't ah. stuck in my body anymore. So when one time when my daughter called me, you know, later at night, I was just dozing off to sleep and it was 1030 at night. And when she called, I immediately, of course, got afraid because yep. I was an unsuspecting time of day. I was half asleep and I went blind and deaf, <gasps> literally could not really? see, could not hear. And so that's when the counselor was like, yeah, there's some stuff in there. I bet EMDR help you oh wow and other things too so yeah it was helpful that's such for some of the people to hear about symptoms. yeah yeah thank you for sharing that and then um so i was one who engaged with grief counseling and um met with widows often which was so helpful because i could um we could support each other there's just conversations that only i could have with another widow and ask questions and mm-hmm. and you know you said like well you, it's not that we compare but i would kind of ask well when did you take your ring off and how come? Oh yeah. When did you take his clothes out of the closet and how come you didn't? And how does your child, you know, do this? So a lot of those questions. Yeah. So it wasn't comparing, but it was like, how did that work for you? And then I I would ask myself. Not judging. Yeah. Yeah. Like just because you did this first, that doesn't mean that what you needed to do that too. Right. Yeah. But it would kind of help me make a decision. Like, okay. Yeah. And like, that's just not, how I think, but I'm so glad to know that's how you think because that solidifies something for me. And sort of frees you up. mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then I was listening to podcasts. Yep. (laughs) Podcasts very much like actually I can. (laughs) And um, was listening to grief podcasts. And um, some of them are life coaches. And that Mm. I, you know, was resonating with. Yeah. And I've always been one who loves to listen and listen to stories mm-hmm. and have been told by many people that I might be one who is easy to pour their heart out to. Yeah. And so um, one of the podcasts I listened to was one who was doing a, a life coach school. Ooh. So I just, it's like, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. So that's how I got to be certified as a life coach. Yeah. Was just this calling on my heart. I had done a 
um, last winter, I went through a process of finding your purpose mm. and um, like an organization mm-hmm. for, for women. And in that, um, my purpose through these testing was to inspire hope. Oh. And that um, I believe that. And um, it was tested over and over. And okay. Lord, you have put this purpose in me, no matter the circumstance. So here mm. I am, fresh, you know, living through um, grief and having my whole life change. And it's, you know, also becoming an empty nest parent. So losing um, my role as a parent, my role as a wife and all those other things that go with it. And yet I'm still able to um, inspire hope. I love that. And that was empowering for me. And I'm just partner with the spirit in that. And so that is what encouraged me then to take the step of being certified as a life coach. Yeah. I, I'm just smiling from ear to ear because just listening to you, I can, I can see that, the joy mm-hmm. in your eyes yeah. and hear it in your voice. Um, as we've been sitting here, I'm not kidding you. I've just like pictured angels around you. And I've just been a little bit overwhelmed by that vision when I mm-hmm. were sitting here six feet apart, by the way. And um, I, I, I see God working in you. Yes. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it's like, actually, I can inspire hope despite the circumstances. Yes. I love that you said it, no matter the circumstances. Yes, no matter what the circumstances, whether it's a pandemic, we don't have to let the pandemic be the boss of us. Right? Yeah. No matter the circumstance, um, loss, um, if God has put a purpose in your life and um, you have breath in your in your body, um, mm-hmm. we can, he'll, he'll sustain us to do whatever he wills in us. Mm. That's yeah. amazing. Not always easy. Let me make that clear. Not <laughs> always easy. Yeah. But um, I can do hard things. You can do hard things. Yep. Through Jesus. Yeah. Philippians 413. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it all back. Um, well, I could record and record and record, but we'll stop now. Yeah. And like I said, if anybody has any particular things for us to follow up on, I'd love to meet again Yeah. and talk more about some of these other millions of things that we could. Yes. And thank you so much for being so um, willing to share. These are hard things mm-hmm. and I really respect what you've been through and your family and Peter mm-hmm. and acknowledging just the love that you guys have as a family and will always have despite the fact that he's not here on earth with us. You're right. Mm-hmm. He's in heaven with the Lord mm-hmm. and uh, the Lord is sure faithful and he's used that horrible thing for beautiful work here. So thanks Pamela. Yes. Yes. As you heard, we bounced around to a bunch of different topics in our conversation, and yet there was so much more we could have gotten into. Will you do me a favor? Send me a direct message if there is anything else you would like to hear about from Pamela, and we can do another conversation for Actually I Can. You know, leaving Pamela's home that day, I realized that while we discussed a really heavy subject, I didn't walk away feeling sad or down. In fact, just the opposite. Pamela's positivity is contagious, and despite her terrible loss, she reflects Jesus' great promises of hope and joy. I am sure that Peter would be so very proud of her. 
Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all of you. Thank you so much for listening.